Hi, before we get started today, a quick announcement. The second annual Canadian Advisor Tech Expo is being put on by the Financial Planning Association of Canada this year on March 14th to 17th. If you are a Canadian financial advisor or in management or an executive or just interested in what advisor technology is out there, I highly recommend you sign up. Tickets are on sale at advisortechexpo.ca. And now on to today's show. Hello and welcome to FinTech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Perrin. Today on the show, I have Akshay Singh, founder and CEO of IndieFin. IndieFin is a digital platform that helps advisors market themselves online by harnessing the power of client endorsements and testimonials. And with that, here's my interview with Akshay Singh. Akshay, thanks for the time today. Hey, Jason. Nice to chat with you again. Yeah, good to see you virtually this time. So Akshay Singh of IndieFin, tell us about IndieFin. Simplistically said, IndieFin is like Yelp meets Mash.com, but for wealth management. If you think about our business, the most important thing in in our business is helping financial advisors and their potential clients establish trust with each other. And today, no platform online or marketplace online digitally is able to do that because one of the key components missing in this industry has been what are others who work with this financial advisor say about this advisor. That social proof has just been missing. So we build this platform to enable financial advisors to be able to present this very simplistically and easily and help start to help with formation of trust online. So that's kind of what we're doing in in a you know elevator pitch manner, if you will. Excellent. All right. So talk to me about the origin of IndieFin. Where did this idea come from? You know, what problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, I've been solving the same problem from the beginning, which is how do we help consumers better manage their finances? And you know, I jumped in. Uh, trying to create a platform like TurboTax, which could give automated financial advice to consumers until Mm -hmm. I learned very quickly, interacting with our first few clients, wait a minute, this business is not about what advice you're giving specifically or what the tax says. It's really about helping people manage their emotions and helping them make the right decision. And only a human being can do that. So that really made me pivot a business from building this automated software to becoming a platform which enables the maximum number of financial advisors and entire market to be able to help consumers online. Because online is where the opportunity is. And that's kind of how we started to develop IndieFend. In its current stage, obviously, in the United States, we got the regulators coming in last year saying that financial advisors can now get testimonials and reviews and ratings from their clients. And that's just what really crystallized our platform to what it is today. Yeah, that was a big brouhaha about that change and because that had been prevented for years. I mean, in Canada, it hadn't been prevented. It really hadn't been harnessed or I'd say properly leveraged in a lot of ways. You'll see a lot of stuff coming from online um, testimonials. And I think in large part because it's not overly structured. But I mean, clearly you're providing a structure for how that is going to be leveraged. So talk to me about the experience of this and how it benefits us. Let's start from the, st- from the standpoint of an advisor. Advisor finds your service, comes to you and says, okay, you guys can help me basically harness these client referrals. How do I get set up and how do I get you know clients to basically put their, their endorsements of me online? Yeah, we take it a step back. We start with client feedback. So mm-hmm. I know we'll get to the testimonials, we'll get to the growth, but getting the fundamentals right is so important. And here what's driving everything is client feedback. So we really are giving financial advisors a platform 
that they can count on to help them collect feedback from their existing clients in a highly structured manner. What that means is we've done all the research to figure out what are the most important questions to be asking your clients to get valuable insights and feedback that can help you grow your practice. So that's step number one, helping them collect feedback and gather valuable insights. Once they get that client feedback, they obviously get a variety of ratings on a variety of different scales. They take those insights, they can implement those, but we also enable them to take these insights and, you know, really what the clients are saying and convert that by, you know, flipping a switch into reviews from clients, verified client reviews. So advisors get a profile, which is online, which has verified client reviews with no private information, personal information of the clients. And these profiles that we are building are very, very powerful for a couple of reasons. One, this has verified reviews from the clients. Second, when clients are talking about you know, an advisor, they talk in their own language, not in some flowery marketing language. They're talking about their real problems and the, how the advisor helped them. This is very powerful and convincing for a third party that reviews the client's uh, or the advisor's profile. And the third way it helps them is, as you know, uh, the search engine, Google is super important nowadays when you're looking to be found online. And Google has figured out that user data or user feedback, what these clients are saying is super important. So Google is able to identify a lot of these keywords that people are putting in their searches and matching that up with the profiles of these advisors. So if you think about it, there are three things we managed to do by helping the advisor collect feedback. One, we're helping them grow their practice organically by figuring out what they should be doing better, just feedback. Two, mm -hmm. we are helping them get independent verification, third-party verification, proof points that people look for before they hire an advisor. And three, we have significantly increased their visibility online because these profiles are now getting found on Google through some random searches that people are doing online. So basically... First off, you're providing a valuable piece of feedback altogether and just collecting the structured data, right? Because, you know, too often our businesses do not collect enough data to, from, from our clients in a structured manner in such a way that we can actually act on it. And that's that's the first problem you're solving for. I mean, and also you're 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 also detecting red flags, right? I mean, some of those endorsements may not have be, be fully resonating, right? They may not be fully like, hey, I'm you know, I give them four to five because of X. Well, that's that's valuable feedback, even though you don't necessarily like the X, but uh, it gives you just feedback on what to improve on or even just a misconception to solve for potentially, right? So you're providing that value altogether. Talk to me about the depth to which you actually collect that data and what it is you're actually looking for. Uh, when you do so before we move on to the next stage? Yeah, I think there are you know, two, um, a few different things we're looking for. We're first looking to validate the different types of technical skills that the advisor has. So, you know, the advisor may give advice on portfolio management, financial planning, estate planning, lots of different uh, services they may offer. We give the clients the opportunity to give advisor both qualitative and a star rating feedback on each of these offerings that the advisor has. Then we also focus on specific types of situational advice that the advisor may have given tailored advice to the client. So, you know, you may be in a very specific situation, like, you know, somebody who recently got widowed has specific types of concerns and an advisor who has worked with clients in that situation is able to give very specific kinds of advice. So we're able to unearth those situations. And then third, we're answering the most important questions that consumers have in their mind. Is this advisor communicative? 
is this advisor always going to act in my best interest? Is this advisor going to educate me on topics that I don't feel comfortable about? So there are these three different categories of questions that we have, which we surface up for any clients of the advisor giving feedback. Excellent. So you collect all that, client gets the feedback. Does all of that automatically filter through their profile or is there like, hey, I can pick my favorite ones or is there like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, a curation aspect, essentially. There is no curation in the sense you can't cherry pick, pick and choose because <laughs> that'll defeat, uh, you know, a couple of reasons. Well, no, but that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, I mean, if you, if I'm just picking the best of them, the client, like it, it speaks to the validity of your platform, right? And if you're going to disclose that you're not cherry picking, then anyone who's like, ah, can I believe this, who reads that on your platform that, you know, clients, the advisors can't filter, that is valuable. And that's what we expect. That's what we're used to from Yelp and from Google and everything else, right? Yeah, well, and you know, I think people are in general pretty smart. Consumer is very smart. They can see through what's authentic and what's not. But your reviews and ratings and all that stuff, which is publicly displayed to be authentic, you will have some, you know, nicks and dents. But of course, otherwise it's not authentic. And people see through that. And you know, there's a platforms like Yelp and Google, by the way, there, there are a lot of marketing companies running around there saying, hey, I'll get you good Google reviews. Give me a client list. I'll get you good Google reviews. And people may have a 501 Google. Yeah. This advisor is great. This advisor is awesome. Well, people are not really going to believe that and make their decision on that basis. So authenticity is super important. And that's why we've tried to keep mm-hmm. this super authentic and pure. Yeah, I think also there's you can pay whatever click farm you need to to generate whatever it is you need to these days. But the reality is, is that those commentaries, when they're being done at scale, they're never going to ring true, right? Like, you know, someone can say like, this person helped me with X, like it's very specific to their needs or they were there when this happened in my life. You're not going to get that from a generic stock service, which, you know, I think you said it, it's the authentic, the authentic message itself should resonate through the screen with the person reading it. Yeah. And that, you know, that comes to, I can, I can maybe read a couple of those to you and you will see that this is not stuff that marketers would say. This is stuff that people would say, (laughs) and you've got to just get people's voices out there. So I think we are truly at an exceptional time right now where the SEC has enabled that. I think the way this needs to get harnessed is let's put people's authentic voices out there, make it relevant to how others who are looking for advisors will actually look for an advisor and what resonates with them. That's the kind of stuff we are enabling advisors to put out there. Okay. So client, I collected all this information. I've got a profile. What is the profile? First off, how does a prospective client find it? Tell me about that experience. And then tell me what it is that they're actually seeing when they actually click in and in detail. Like, is it just the reviews? Like, how is this entire thing structured? Yeah, it's a um, picture could say a thousand words here, but uh, since we don't have that uh, ability, when someone comes to the advisor's profile, uh, there's obviously an overall rating. There's a tag that the advisor has been verified by us. And then there are ratings on characteristics like, you know, is this advisor a good listener? Do they, are they informative? Do they educate me in topics I don't understand? Do they always act in my best interest? We found out that these are the things that people care about through thousands of conversations with prospective clients, prospective consumers who are looking for an advisor, asking them, hey, what is important to you? And people would just keep bringing up these topics again and again. I'm looking for an advisor who I can trust, who's acting in my interest. And, you know, sometimes financial information can be overwhelming. I just want somebody who will just explain to me things that I don't understand. And somebody who's prepared to listen to me versus just keep telling me what to do. And can you find me somebody who's, you know, can I see what their clients are saying? So these are kind of the three or four elements which we learned through thousands of phone conversations 
that we have put right at top of the profiles. Then as you go through that, there's other data-driven information along the lines of how much assets does the advisor manage, how many households. And then there are in-depth ratings around various skills that the advisor has. Estate planning, financial planning, managing investments, taxes, retirement, followed by in-depth reviews from all of the published reviews that this advisor has. So by the time someone is done going through this profile, we've hopefully addressed all the questions that they may have. And if not, at the bottom, there's an FAQ section, which again, you know, answers a lot of questions that people are asking from this advisor. Good. So yeah, I've looked at that FAQ and it's, it, I got to say, it's, it's both extensive, but also to the point, right? And I'd say you've done a really good job of striking a balance of what are the kind of key points and, you know, things like, is this person a fiduciary? What kind of services do they offer? Are there commissions involved? Like the kind of questions that, frankly, if you Googled a, what questions to ask my new financial advisor before I start working with them, you probably answered them all there, I got to say. So that's, that's a pretty good job at, at striking that balance without being overwhelming. Yeah, it's an iterative process. We're still continuously learning, adapting. When we hear of something new, we're able to react to it pretty quickly versus an advisor who may, you know, if they're trying to make these changes on their website, they'll go, now let me forget mm-hmm. my web developer. What are the changes? Whereas we are seeing trends in the market and we're able to adapt to them pretty quickly. Okay, so client or prospective client finds an advisor they like, you know, where's the call to action? What do you do uh, next? Or what, what, what else do you provide to help uh, basically rein that person in? Yeah, so um, there's a very explicit call to action, set up a meeting when the advisor- enough. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, we are connected with the advisor's calendar when they build their profile. So someone can easily set up a meeting with the advisor. A meeting is set up. We actually do provide a concierge service. So we'll, for the advisor's benefit, vet any prospective client that's going to show up on the advisor's calendar for a meeting to make sure that they're qualified and in the process of they share any information with us, which may be helpful for the advisor to show up for the meeting. We'll collect that information. It's purely administrative. And we basically get all of that information in the advisor portal of our platform. So when the advisor shows up to a meeting, they just you know, look at all the information we've collected about this prospective client, including notes from our concierge, and they're really well prepared to go with this client. Yep. Good. So, I mean, basically, they're you're helping you're helping fill in the blanks on both ends before you actually meet with them, which is nice, as opposed to like just simply getting a tire kicker. They're getting someone that's probably more qualified at this point. That's right. And, you know, one of the other questions you asked, and I don't think I addressed that, how are people finding the advice? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's probably one of the most important questions, right? Because uh, Absolutely. What's the point of this if they can't find the listing? <laughs> so there are four different ways that consumers are finding the advisors. First, a branded search for the advisor, which is an you know, advisor has a client. This client loves the advisor, referred the advisor to their friend. What's the first thing the friend is going to do? Google the advisor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, a number, it's actually, there it was a good survey that came out. I think it was two years ago. It said like high net worth clients, you know, first, what's the first thing they do when they're referred to clients? It's, it's yeah, Google, right? And, Google. Part and, of the and argument was like, if you don't have a website, good luck to you. But like, that's just a stepping stone. Like there's other right? things you can do, like what you're doing. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, by the way, that's true, even for advisors who are, you know, advisors do a lot of events. Sometimes they're like, hey, I'm passing out my business cards, do all of that stuff. The first thing that anybody will do is Google you. When they Google you, you've got your website and everybody knows you can say whatever you want on your website. But then advisors profiles on our site is often sometimes the number one link above their website or the number two link. So that's how consumers get to that advisor's profile. 
And, you know, they'll read the advisor's website, but they'll come back to this and understand they want a third-party verification. So that's one way that consumers will end up with the advisor. The second way is, now we know we talked about advisors are getting reviews, and these reviews have certain situations that clients are talking about. So you may be an advisor who has given advice to a couple of women who got widowed or a few architects, and this gets indexed. So if you are like, you know, searching for a financial advisor for a widow, and you happen to be in the area where this advisor is based out of, Google will surface this advisor's profile as the top link because it got indexed. Uh, the reviews actually had specific information, which is making mm-hmm. Google recognize that and index this advisor's profile. So now we've moved beyond branded search to an expert search for the financial advisor. Yes, topical search. You're looking for the relevant information based off the search exactly. criteria. So a exactly. lot, lot more powerful to be pointed towards someone who does the specific thing that you're looking for when you're not talking in general terms than it is to find a general listing. Exactly. That's the second way. Third way people are finding advisors is, you know, they're coming to us. They're looking for advisors. We are a platform. We help them with their financial advisor search digitally, finding the right expert and giving them, here are the three experts that you should connect with because mm-hmm. it's only a criteria. So that's that's a part of our Indifference referral program. This is on top of the organic growth that we've helped the advisor with. So the you know these are three ways. And then the fourth way is we obviously have some affiliate partnerships where we're getting some consumers from. And you know again, they go through the matchmaking experience and we are connecting them with the advisors. Good. So overall, talk to me about the feedback again this far. You're still relatively new. Uh, talk to me about the success stories. What are you seeing in terms of advisors who've adopted your your platform? And uh, you know, you know, let's let's just not break it down to solely ROI because there's a lot of value in just getting organized in in the in the surveys and having that feedback already. So that's that's one metric. But you know, what are you seeing in terms of success stories overall? Yeah, I think the very first piece when the advisors start to get feedback from the clients, it's eye-opening to them. They start to see mm-hmm. metrics which they have never previously measured, like net promoter score. That's a metric which has been adopted very well in a lot of industries. Our industry just hasn't focused on that systemically. And they're very curious about what's the, so what does this mean? What does a net promoter score of 88 mean? Can you help me understand that? And we are educating the advisors on those metrics. And then they get to see a lot of their feedback and reviews, and they're able to see areas where their clients are really valuing the advice that the advisor is providing. So that that in itself is just an eye-opener to begin with. Potentially areas that they didn't, right? Like if, if you think you're doing this one thing awesome or this one thing you do in your process is great and no one has mentioned it once, right? Like, are you wasting your time focusing in the wrong place? And, you know, look, um, a lot of advisors who are patient listeners, they probably don't give themselves enough credit but once the clients right. start to say, so-and-so was a super patient in hearing me out, they were very patient and you hear it five times, it really resonates with you. This is a very marketable trait. I'm a good listener. It's simple, yeah. but it is a very marketable trait and you'll attract a certain type of client who wants to be heard. So these are little things. You mean all of them? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, everybody wants to be heard. So that's you know, So these are unique little ways advisors are kind of finding this data to be uh, super helpful. The next stage that we find that kind of once the advisors go live with their profile, they obviously have a public profile and that's very exciting. But then what they start to find is they're starting to rank for certain yeah. keywords. And that's super exciting, you know, when they learn. Because all it takes is one client that finds them in that manner and the advisor is like, 
I didn't have to do anything to find this client. I didn't have to go to my website person to build my website. I didn't have to give them the marketing messages. Everything, my marketing messages are already on my profile. So that's super exciting for advisors. And then I think the third piece that is exciting for them is uh, what they're finding is when people are just searching for them and they're looking for that third-party validation, they may have had a client meeting and someone asks them for, can you give me some references Advisors are able to point to their profile and say, you can check me out. Here's my independently verified profile, which is making their life a little bit easier from being able to do reference checks and whatnot, which can be a nightmare sometimes, you know, for every client that will find some clients of mine who are willing to speak with this client. It's, you know, it yeah. you know it's funny. You mentioned that because that's the pain I've, uh, you know, I've had that happen several times with prospects the next couple, last couple of weeks. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you get specific about what type they're looking for. So that's helpful, but it's nicer to have it organized in a structured way. You can just say, well, check that out. Here it is. And, or here it is on my site to some degree. So it's, it's valuable. So good. I'm glad to see, uh, you know, nice structured way of helping advisors basically take advantage of, of the reviews. Because frankly, first off, the most powerful form of, of business is of course referrals. And those are getting, getting harder and harder to do. And they're also not very structured. Second, most powerful thing is, is validation and referrals come with validation, but you don't have that referral validation. What you're providing is definitely that latter piece is that, hey, here's a bunch of people who say that talking to this guy is the right, or woman is, is the right decision. So a lot more powerful than when you have that than when you don't. Yeah, and you know, I think on your referrals, you know, I think referrals is super important. It'll always continue to be very important for the industry. We are helping advisors get a little bit more structured and organized. So who are your biggest promoter clients? Next conversation you have with them, those are the folks you need to keep an eye out for and say, Jason, love working with you. We have so much fun together. Gosh, I would love to have more folks like you. My job as an advisor would be so much even more fun. That's You've got to identify who those net promoters are and be able to ask them for a referral. So this is a much more structured way. And this is ongoing feedback. You're not asking for a review. You're getting feedback year after year with all of your clients. So you got to be able to keep identifying who to ask for those referrals. And this is provides a little bit more structure on that as well. I also will say that I do appreciate the fact that your advisor search tool does not get to zip code until several questions after identifying what kind of advice they need and where they would fall in. Because frankly, uh, unfortunately, having been privy to seeing many, many, the results of many advisor search tools, the number one factor put into all of them is zip code or Canada postal code, which it's like proximity should not be the only factor, unfortunately, but you know it's never been structured properly before. And I'm glad to see that you've made that a secondary consideration after actual clients. Needs so well done, excellent. So before we wrap up, I have three questions that I ask everybody on a positive note. The first question I have for you is: If you had one wish for something you could change in your company, the industry as a whole, what would it be? One thing I could change about the company or the industry as a whole is: I wish the SEC marketing rule had been passed two years back, not one year. Fair enough. Giving you a giving you an earlier start that uh, that would definitely help. Good stuff. Not, not much to add in commentary there. Second question for you is: What's been the biggest challenge in the company to where it is today? The biggest challenge is when you're trying to build something new in an industry, which is, you know, in this case, it is, hey, let's get your clients' views out. It requires a lot of, and there's regulations involved too. It requires a lot of education. So I feel like we as a company bear the burden of educating the market, which is a fun Mm -hmm. challenge to have, but it's, it is, and you know, that's why I go back to, I wish the rule had come two years back. I had more time to educate the market. We really, really believe in what we're doing and, you know, just educating the entire market, I feel like is our responsibility. And that's, you know, that's kind of the 
biggest challenge that we kind of undertake every day? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, uh, interesting challenge. That's uh, that's a, that's a nice way to put it, in a polite way. It's a lot easier when people know they need you as opposed to that they you know they're in a new regime. They haven't quite fully understood what the implications of are. So I understand why. Basically, what you're really saying is, talk to me in two years. I'll tell you how happy I am. So. Well, and also you know the market. There are some market leaders like you know some of the earliest adopters. These are visionary RIAs. They're able to digest mm. what the regulations are saying, but also understand what the opportunity is. Unfortunately, in the industry, a lot of times regulation is equal to, hey, what do I need to stop doing? Whereas this is the first reg, which is regulation equal to opportunity. And that correlation is just not happening quite yet. And that's mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, we are at the forefront of the market trying to educate everybody. Hey, this is an opportunity. Excellent. So the last question is basically what excites you about what is you're working on and keeps you getting up in the morning to keep on fighting a good fight that is starting an entrepreneurship the entrepreneurial business and simultaneously educating the market on why they they need something new uh, when the world has changed around them. Yeah, I think what is exciting for me is I see a vision of this industry. What I see is it's going to be so vastly different from what it is today. And we are only embarking on that journey now. Here's what I mean by that. I truly believe the best use of a financial advisor's time is in giving advice to their clients. Mm-hmm. I believe spending any time on marketing is actually not a great use of that time because financial advisors are experts at giving advice, not at marketing. So my vision is in the future, financial advisors will actually be doing zero marketing. And that's something that we really believe in. And we are just helping the industry transition to that place. So that's kind of what keeps me exciting and you know, just building from one to the other and if you're interested in learning more about it, you know, go to indiefin.com. We have a bunch of white papers on zero marketing on how the industry is moving towards that. So that's kind of what keeps me going. Ashke, thank you so much for your time today. Very much appreciate it. And um, I encourage anyone who's taking a look uh, for support and marketing, specifically in the U.S. at this point, online, especially when it comes to what they're up to, to take a good look at uh, Indiefin. Thanks, Jason. Really enjoyed the conversation and hope to continue the chat. Absolutely. So that was today's podcast with Ashke uh, from IndyFin. As I said earlier, if you're interested in getting up to speed with what uh, the new regime of client uh, endorsements means for your marketing, by all means, take a good look at them. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.